Okay, now for our next message, it'll be brought to us by Mr. Lawrence Gregory. It is entitled, God's Eternal Purpose. In Ephesians, the third chapter, verse 8 through 12, we read this. Unto me, who am less than the least of all saints, is this grace given, that I should preach among the Gentiles the unsearchable riches of Christ, and to make all men see what is the fellowship of the mystery which from the beginning of the world has been hid in God who created all things by Jesus Christ to the intent that now unto the principalities and powers in heavenly places might be known by the church the manifold wisdom of God according to the eternal purpose which he purposed in Christ Jesus our Lord, in whom we have boldness and access with confidence by the faith of him. Now, we learn several things from these verses. I'll only touch on basically a few of them will be left for later. I'll just touch on basically one principle. God has a major purpose and the scriptures show several lesser purposes. Now, we read also, while we're here, in Ephesians 1, 9, about God, having made known unto us the mystery of his will, according to his good pleasure, which he has purposed in himself. So God has a purpose in life. For all of mankind. Now, if we go back to Genesis 1, we read in the beginning, Genesis 1, in the beginning God created the heaven and the earth. So we see something here that God created heaven and earth. In John 1.3, We'll go back to the New Testament, John 1, 3. And um, bear with me uh, as I thumb through my Bible here. John 1, 1 through 3. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. All things were made by him, and without him was not anything made that was made. Now, this is a, a really confusing to a lot of people, but just let me explain uh, briefly, and it's not the purpose of the message, because we've talked about this before, but the divinity, the Godhead, consists of two individuals, the Father and Jesus Christ. The Father was in the background. Jesus was the one, the Son, that was the spokesman, he was the one that revealed himself as Yahweh or Jehovah or Jehovah or however you want to pronounce that Hebrew or Greek word 
the Messiah, the Christ, Jesus, Savior, Salvation. He was the son that was the spokesman. He was the one that brought into existence at God, at the Father's command, at his direction, all things. We read in uh, John 1, 3, 1 through 3 that he was a spokesman. By him was everything made, and nothing was made without him. In Revelation 4.11, we'll go there. Revelation 4.11. You are worthy, O Lord, to receive glory and honor and power for you have created all things and for thy pleasure, or the word Greek word really means purpose, for thy purpose they are and were created. So God, in our English it says pleasure, but in the Greek it says purpose. So God had a purpose. He had a reason for bringing everything into existence. Everything that uh, exists and it's hard for us to understand a time when there was nothing uh, and only God and Jesus Christ and uh, their spiritual dwelling and whatever uh, was there. We don't know. We'll understand all of that. But at one time there was nothing physical or spiritual that we understand. Jesus Christ created everything. Now, let's go to uh, Colossians. While we're here in the New Testament, we'll look at a few verses. Colossians. Uh, and um, verse 16 Colossians 1 16 for by him were all things created that are in heaven and that are in earth visible and invisible whether they be thrones or dominions, or principalities, or powers, all things were created by him and for him. And he is before all things, and by him all things consist. Now, it's hard for us to understand, but at one time there was God the Father and Jesus Christ, and then they created angels. And they brought into existence and they created the things that are in heaven and earth, the planets and this solar system. And the things that we know that we can see now with telescopes and things, but at one time never existed. And so God, through Jesus Christ, let's remember this, brought into existence everything. He created all things. Revelation, back in Revelation 10, verse 6. And swear by him, now we have to break into some thoughts because we can't read all the verses surrounding. This is the angel that's uh, swearing. And swear by him that liveth forever and ever, who created heaven and the things that are therein, and the earth, and the things that are therein are, and the sea and the things which are therein, that there should be time no longer. So, at one time, 
there was nothing. And then Jesus Christ, we're reiterating this through several verses, and we're leaving out a number of verses that prove that Jesus Christ spoke and he brought into existence everything. And we have to uh, understand that uh, at one time, you know, God, through Jesus Christ, created the angels, and then he created, we'll see here as we go back to Job, let's go back to Job, the uh, 38th chapter. Job 38, and uh, there are a number of important verses in here that talk about the creation of God, but we'll just look at uh, Job 38, verse 7. When the morning stars sang together, and all the sons of God shouted for joy. This was at the creation. So they were there before the physical things of heaven and earth were created. They were created, then the earth and the planets were created, and they shouted for joy at the manifestation of the physical things that we know heaven and earth. Now you can go back in uh, those earlier verses and uh, surrounding verses and see this is talking about the uh, creation. So we want to consider now at this time something that's very important. Keep in mind what I've just said and what scriptures that we've read. In Romans 6.23, we read this and we're familiar with uh, Romans 6.23 where it says, that uh, the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Now, I want us to remember one thing, and we won't go in the scripture there to see this, but the scriptures tell us that God only has immortality. He is the only one that is, and he is, we saw this earlier, said to the Son that he would have everlasting life. And so those two individuals that we know as God, the family, God, by those individuals, and they're expanding, and the purpose of God is that later we'll be able to be in that God family. We'll be able to be included in that. But we want to remember that all sinners will die and then the righteous who believe in Jesus Christ will have everlasting life. We're told in Galatians 6 chapter verse 10 to do good to all men, especially they of the household of God. So, now let's, let's remember this and we talked a little bit about this in Bible study uh, Tuesday night. But uh, I've got a, a few scriptures here that I want us to remember, then I'll uh, make a few comments. In Romans, the 10th chapter, let's go there. Romans, while we're in Romans, Romans, the 10th chapter. And uh, 1 through 4, Brethren, my heart's desire and prayer to God for Israel is that they might be saved. 
For I bear them record that they have a zeal of God, but not according to knowledge. For they being ignorant of God's righteousness and going about to establish their own righteousness have not submitted themselves unto the righteousness of God. For Christ is the end, it says. The Greek really means in the English, there's several words. But Christ is the result. He anticipates, he looks forward to the law of the law, looks forward to Christ. Christ is the result of the law for righteousness to everyone that believeth. And so, uh, and also uh, we want to go to verse 9 through 13. Let me read those and then make a few comments. That if you shall confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and shall believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you shall be saved. For with the heart man believes unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. For the scripture says, Whosoever believeth on him shall not be ashamed. For there is no difference between the Jew and the Greek, for the same Lord over all is rich unto all that call upon him. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. And then he goes on more and explains more of this. Uh, let me say this. It's necessary and it's very important to believe on Jesus Christ, that he is the Son of God, because the scriptures tell us, he that believeth, Mark, let's go, let's read that. Mark 16, 16. Before I make some comments here, uh, was about ready to explain this, but uh, Mark 16, 16. Jesus said, He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved, but he that believeth not shall be damned. Okay. It's important and it's necessary to believe on Jesus Christ, to be baptized, to endure, to overcome, to grow. There are a lot of other scriptures that tell us, he that believes unto the end shall be saved. Now, brethren, there are a lot of good people in this earth. And we need the full round of the holy days to explain God's dealing. And I'm not going to go into the holy days today. I'm not going to go into those, uh, starting with uh, our trumpets that's going to be coming up Monday. But... Uh, we know beginning at Passover time and all through the, the, the last great day, God's purpose, his plan of salvation is shown through the full round of uh, holy days. But we need to understand that there are a lot of good people in this earth. Now what about them? Then there is a lot of evil and some that are very evil. What about them? Then there's some that are righteous that are very righteous. What about them? So we'll see these three categories a little later, but right now we want to go to Ezekiel, the 28th chapter, uh, and we'll read something there that's in Isaiah 11 also, and Ezekiel 28. Uh, we uh, are familiar with uh, these verses already. 
so it won't hurt to review and to, just to read uh, them again. Ezekiel 28, 15, 18 through 19. Talking here about, uh, obviously, this is a type of Satan who is a type of the king of Tyrus because uh, we read here uh, that you've been in Eden, the garden of God. Uh, he talks in verse 12 about you sum up the uh, wisdom and perfect and beauty. You have been in Eden, the garden of God. Every precious stone was a covering. This artist, topaz and the diamond and the beryl, the onyx and the jasper, the sapphire, the emerald and the carbuncle, the gold, the workmanship of thy tabarets and of thy pipes was prepared in you in the day you was created. Here's a very beautiful being, very intellectual, very uh, talented with music and very uh, beautiful, but he was created. You are the anointed cherub that covereth, and I have set you so. You was upon the mountain, the holy mountain of God. You have walked up and down in the midst of the stones of fire. You was perfect in thy ways from the day that you were created till iniquity was found in you. So he was created a perfect, beautiful, intelligent, talented individual. Given authority, we'll know this later in other scriptures, and authority and responsibility in the earth, distant and apart from God. And evidently, you know, he kind of got carried away with all of his beauty and his talent and everything. And he got to thinking, well, I can mount up before God and I can be higher than God. And uh, uh, you was perfect in the day that you were created. By the multitude of your merchandise, they have filled the midst of you with violence, and you have sinned. Therefore, I will cast you as profane out of the mountain of God, and I will destroy you, O covering, from the midst of the stones of fire. Your heart was lifted up because of your beauty. You have corrupted your wisdom by reason of thy brightness. I will cast, cast thee to the ground. I will lay you before kings that they may hold, behold you. You have defiled thy sanctuaries by the multitudes of thy iniquities, by the iniquity of thy traffic. Therefore will I bring forth a fire from the midst of you. It shall devour you, and I will bring you to ashes upon the earth in the sight of all them that behold you. All they that know you among the people shall be astonished at you. You shall be a terror, and never shall you be any more. Now, one time, and for thousands of years, this person has terrorized people. And a lot of people have believed in him, and a lot of people have feared him, and he's been a terror as Satan, the devil. But there's coming a time when God is going to, because listen, whatever God creates, he can destroy. We know that. Jesus is eternal. He'll never be destroyed. He is immortal. He is forever, everlasting. We can die. We can be destroyed. 
But one time in the future, we'll have everlasting life and we'll be alive forevermore and we'll be able to be immortal as God is, possessing now immortality and we will then be immortal. But Satan is going to be an example of evil that is going to be destroyed. Now, in Matthew 25, let's go there, because we were talking a little bit about this in Bible study, but we didn't uh, uh, cover all of it. Matthew 25, 41. Then shall he say also unto them on the left hand, Depart from me, you cursed into everlasting fire, prepared for the devil and his angels. Everlasting fire. The consequences, the wages of sin is death. They're going to, the evil, unrepented evil are going to burn up and cease to exist. The result will be death. And verse 46, and these shall go away into everlasting punishment. The consequence is not punishing, not everlasting, burning in hell forever and ever and ever. But uh, we explain that and we know that once the fire burns and consumes whatever it's burning on, it goes out. And so the devil is going to be consumed and his angels, his wicked angels, and all of the evil uh, that are unrepentant, but the righteous into life eternal. Now, we want to remember in Second Peter, the second chapter, I want to read here a few verses here from Second Peter, the second chapter. And um, we don't, I haven't given these to uh, Brian, I wrote them down a little later, but uh, 2 Peter, the second chapter, and uh, verse 4, 9, and 11. Second Peter, the second chapter. To whom coming, as unto a living stone, disallowed indeed of man, but chosen of God, and precious, that's us as newborn babes, as uh, Christians, we come to God that way. Uh, verse 9, but you are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a peculiar people, that you should show forth the praise of him who has called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. And verse 11, Dearly beloved, I beseech you as strangers and pilgrims abstain from fleshly lusts which war against the soul. And he goes on and we read more uh, verses there. We know that uh, we're encouraged to do good. Now, let's go back, back up a little bit to these three categories. Because there's a small category of uh, righteous individuals. Now, there are a lot of people in earth, let's think about this just a minute, logically. They think they understand, they think that they're uh, good, and uh, that they are righteous, and that they're, that they're in the church of God. And uh, they think wrong because there's a small, minute number that is really righteous. We among them. We like to believe and we like to know and we see by example 
and by scriptures that we're among them. Then there's a small category of evil people, uh, of evil uh, angels, that uh, they're good angels, and there are evil angels, and there is Satan the devil, and there are a lot of really evil, wicked people, right? Then there's some that aren't so bad, some that are very good. There's another larger category of all of the angels and of all of the mankind that are mixed. There's a lot of good folks. They work bread lines and they serve and help their fellow man and we help them and uh, there are a lot of good. And so those three categories we've got to remember. The very small righteous, the very small wicked, and the great mass of good and bad mixed people. Now, I want to show these uh, categories and um, look a little bit here at the um, wicked. I have just a few more verses that I want us to uh, consider. And uh, we'll go to Revelation, the 21st chapter, verse 8. Revelation 21, 8. But the fearful and the unbelieving and the abominable and the murderers and whoremongers and sorcerers and idolaters and all liars shall have their part in the lake which burneth with fire and brimstone, which is the second death. And we know from the holy days and explaining and I'm not going to go into that because as we progress through the year we'll have more messages on trumpets and on tabernacles and on the great uh, uh, day of atonement and the last great day of the feast of tabernacles and we'll understand these better as they're uh, isolated in special messages but right now we want to understand that uh, the second death is it's appointed unto man once to die. After this, there's a choice. He can either live forever or he can die forever. The consequences of sin is death forever. The, the consequences of righteousness, of believing in Jesus Christ, of overcoming, of being baptized, of being in the church of God, of remaining faithful and loyal to God and overcoming and growing, is eternal life forever. We'll never die. So we have something to look forward to. Now, the great masses, the great bulk of uh, the, quote, unsaved, they're going to have an opportunity. You know, when Christ comes, I'm just going to break into this just a little bit here. When Christ comes, there's a millennium. And when he sits on his throne, judging, the uh, nations are brought before him, and he judges the good and the bad. And uh, then in the great white throne judgment, everybody that's dead, we know this, all that are in their graves, everyone that's dead, will be resurrected and given an opportunity. Now, there's a lot of good folks, right, in those groups. And a lot of them will be converted and come, become righteous and believe in Jesus Christ and follow him. Some won't. Now, the result is 
of those who won't and will not and who will to disobey God are going to be thrown in the lake of fire and burn up and cease to exist. We know that. So I guess what I'm saying with this message is we have a choice. We can choose righteousness. We can choose everlasting life. Or we can choose death. We can choose sin. We can choose the consequences of everlasting death. Everyone, everyone from a child up, from when they're able uh, in mature thinking to think about that, is going to have to make a decision, right? They're going to decide in this life or in the millennium or in the great white throne judgment whether they're going to accept and believe and be righteous or whether they're going to continue to follow the devil and be consumed and cease to exist. So there's a choice that everyone is going to make. That's the purpose that God is working. That's his eternal purpose. Now, I know there are lesser purposes of God. Uh, he's dealing with the nations like Assyria and, and Israel and uh, uh, other uh, purposes that are laid out in the scriptures. But this is the great, beautiful mystery that is revealed by the church of God. So we have a choice. We can be like the rest of the world and be good or evil. Or we can be like God wants his righteous saints and sons of God to be special, especially of the household of God. And this is something that we've got to uh, remember. There is a small elect appointed, selected by God. We can rejoice. We're among those. Thank God we're among those. I know there are a lot of people. Now, let's take, for example, here, and I don't want to get off of this too much, but the Feast of Trumpets coming. Astronomy tells us that uh, there is a new moon in the blackness and darkness. And then we know that there is a new moon that is just barely seen in the Western Hemisphere just about sundown time that starts a new day. So the last day is about a day earlier if you go by the darkness of the moon, you're going to be off every, every holy day and all of the days will be off a day. If you go by, the, as we do, by the visible sighting of the new moon when it is first seen in the west and it progresses till it becomes like at the Feast of Tabernacles, when you go out and look up, there's a big full moon because two weeks later, half of 30 days is uh, 29 to 20. To 30 days, half of that is a full moon. And so you're going to have a full moon during the Feast of Tabernacles. So a few days uh, leading up to and a few days uh, progressing uh, behind. So that's all covered in the Holy Days. I, I have uh, a few verses here in conclusion. Uh, let's go to Romans, the uh, 14th chapter, verse 10. Romans 14, 10. But why dost thou judge 
thy brother? Or why dost thou set it not thy brother? For we shall all stand before the judgment seat of Christ. We shall all stand before the judgment seat of Christ. And in Revelations 20, Verse 12. And I saw the dead stand, uh, small and great, stand before God. And the books were opened. We read this in the first uh, message. The books were opened. And another book was opened, which is the book of life. And the dead were judged out of those things which were written in the books according to their works. Now, there's several books that this recording angel has. All of our good deeds, every good thing we've done, according to our works, good or bad, is written down. Also, there are other books in the Bible and other scriptures. So our life is judged according to the book of life. And there's another book that's written down. This person has eternal life. This person has eternal death. Now, we know that that person that has eternal death can be rubbed out, can be erased, can be covered up, can be changed over to eternal life. The same way with the one that is in eternal life. If we mess up, now, we want to make sure that our good deeds measures up to eternal life and that we stay faithful to God and to Jesus Christ, overcoming and growing and faithful to the end so that we will have everlasting life. Once we have everlasting life, once we have it, right now it dwells in us with his spirit, but we can die and some of us will die before Christ comes. And some of us possibly could die forever. Hopefully, most of us will live forever and be in God's kingdom. Luke 21, 36. Luke 21, 36. I know, brethren, I've skipped over a lot of things. I've indicated a lot of things. We're going to have to think about this. We're going to have to remember the full round of the holy days because they show God's purpose and his plan of salvation as it progresses from our calling to the end until the day of our death. But uh, Revelation 21, I mean uh, Luke 21, verse 36 says this. Watch you therefore and pray always that you may be accounted worthy to escape all those things that shall come to pass and to stand before the Son of Man. Watch and pray. Don't be confused. Follow God. Follow his holy days, the true holy days. Overcome to the end. Look to Jesus Christ. Do it his way. Young people, do it his way. Don't do it the devil's way because they're going to cease to exist. 
but do it God's way and Christ's way. And that'll be everlasting, and the consequences and the result will be everlasting life. So brethren, we'll all be there, and we'll be able to see and understand a lot of things then that we don't know and understand now. But we'll be able to uh, have those revealed to us and explained to us by God as we live forever and ever with him. And uh, whatever, you know, plans or whatever he's got in the future, we know that's going to be exciting and uh, it'll be greater than this physical uh, planet that we live on here and the ideas that mortal human beings have about the future and speculation. It'll be great to be with God forever. Let's make sure that every one of us, let's help each other, every one of us be there and have everlasting eternal life.